Dragged into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of Breaking Bats, presented to you by Not For Long Media. I'm your host, Brian O'Grady. With me, my co-host, J.A., Justin Ayers. J.A., what a day. What a night. Pure chaos. Pure electricity. We were right about Soto going to the pods. Just got to say that. Um, Hashtag Brian was right. Yeah. But what a slight debacle that that kind of was. It just, man, I maybe I'm paying attention to it a little bit more this year, but I feel like this was the craziest slash most active trade deadline ever. What do you got? I mean, I, I certainly think it is. Uh, I can't think of anything, anybody else, like the player, the caliber of Juan Soto being dealt. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think back. I don't even know what else would compare to that. Maybe Zach Greinke getting dealt. Um, it, well, yeah, that was a big one. I think, you know, Yoannis Cespedes and John Lester, I think, I feel like they got dealt at some point. Um, but it was insane. Uh, the fact that you were on this weird time difference didn't help your case, uh, as, as we'll talk about with the Soto deal here just in a second. Um, you know, your sleep schedule's all, all messed up, but you know what? The trade deadline doesn't sleep, and neither should you. So uh, we have to power through. But we do have uh, one last thing before we get into all of that. This episode is brought to you guys by our, our sponsor of the podcast, Som Sleep. Som Sleep's beverages are specially formulated to promote relaxation, something that Brian probably could have used about 12 hours ago. Maintain a normal sleep cycle and support healthy sleep patterns. All you need to do is drink it 30 minutes before you're ready to go to bed. It helps you unwind after a long day of watching baseball Twitter on like trades on Twitter, and you're good to go. Go to getsom.com, click shop, and enter the code BATS at checkout. That is B-A-T-S, BATS at checkout, and that'll give you 10% off your order of Som Sleep. We mentioned it. We're going we're gonna to start our, our episode this week by, unfortunately, talking about Juan Soto being dealt from my Nationals to Brian's Padres, a deal that, like we said, Brian predicted it. Uh, the Padres, I think they did that little hand gesture to all their top prospects. They said, see you later, buddy. They shipped them all <laughs> to D.C. And, and they put Luke Voigt in that deal, too, which we'll touch on in a second. But I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Juan Soto and Josh Bell were traded to the San Diego Padres today. I, the fact that they threw Bell in there is bananas. They got back. James Wood, an outfielder who's like seven feet tall. Robert Hassel, a third, like a 2020 outfield prospect, the Padres' number one prospect. Left-handed starting pitcher Mackenzie Gore, who had like elbow discomfort and is currently on the IL. Hopefully that's not too serious. Shortstop C.J. Abrams. Right-handed pitcher Yarlene Susana, this 18-year-old kid who throws like 100 miles an hour. And Luke Voigt. But the funny part of all of this is that Luke Voigt was almost Eric Hosmer for a while, but Hosmer had a 10-team no-trade list. And unfortunately, the Nationals were on there, and he declined to waive it to come to the nation's capital. So, a lot to break down. Juan Soto is now San Diego Padre. Brian, what do you think? First reaction, man. What a – Padres, man. What a one-two-three that is going to be with with Toddy, Soto, and Manny. Um, I don't know, man. That – very well could be the best one, two, three. I mean, in a while, I can't think of, I can't think of, I'm sure people are going to say, come up with, with some answers to that, but I, I can't think of a better one, two, three in the league right now. And really off the top of my head for, for some years. Uh, it's just going to be electric, man. San Diego, that stadium went so when Soto makes his debut and when Toddy comes back, oh, boy, uh, those games are going to be wild. And the best part, well, Toddy's still probably – I think he he's probably a week away from being back in the major leagues. Um, but they play the Dodgers in like two days. They got a series, they got a series against the Dodgers. So right away, 
we're going to see it. But, man, and then Bell. When I saw that in there, too, I mean, he's he's a great player. He can swing it. Uh, so to add both of those guys, I, it's hard to say that the Dodgers aren't the favorites over there anymore. But I feel like the Padres have finally got them. I do. So, you know, there's a lot of season left. The Dodgers are still a very good team and have have done it. So it'll be interesting to see how it how it plays out. But man, Padres without a doubt won won the uh the trade deadline with with some of the other trades we'll get to too. But just with this one specifically, I mean, I said it before and I meant it. Soto. You, and and Bell on top of that, you send that you send the prospects. You send the prospects. They're they're gone, uh, and and that's exactly what Preller did. Uh, I know I know people think very high, highly of the kid James Wood and and uh, Hass Robert Hassel. Um, I heard the Susanna kid throws absolute gas and is like six six and he's eighteen or nineteen. Uh, Mackenzie Gore man has top of the rotation stuff. Obviously, the Nationals feel comfortable with whatever the medicals were with his elbow soreness or whatever it was that that just happened. But he's kind of having his breakout year. Still young, uh, was the number one pitching prospect in baseball for a few years there. Um, and then Abrams has made his debut. Uh, you know, tough. He he's very talented. I think he's going to be a good major leaguer. He's still young. I don't even know if he's twenty one yet, but. Uh, a little bit of a tough situation for him there in San Diego because he hasn't played that many games in the minor leagues. He's, t- he's talented as can be, hasn't played that many games. You throw him right in there and then he isn't playing every day. So that's just a, you know, tough situation. So whatever, and his numbers aren't even that bad in the major league. So whatever his numbers are, um, he's definitely going to be a mainstay in Washington uh, at some point. And then, <laughs> You know, the Luke Voigt gets thrown in there. Hosmer, listen, Hosmer put the Nationals on that no-trade clause for for a reason, and it's absolutely his right to say no. So, I, I good for Haas. I don't blame him at all. Uh, and when you look at it from, from his situation or, or his point of view there, he went to San Diego and signed that deal. I think it was eight years at the time. And, you know, they weren't very good in the beginning. Manny came and, you know, Toddy, they, he, he was there for the kind of turnaround that it's turned into. Um, he loved it there. He got a house out there. Those were, those were his guys on that team. And I'm sure it hurt to, to be told that he, they were trying to send him to, to DC in this deal while, his boys were picking up Soto and Bell and, you know, and were being excited for their World Series aspirations and all that and didn't want to go to the worst team in, in baseball right now. And that's understandable. So I like it for him, though, too. He, You know, he ends up in Boston and a place that needs a first baseman and a, a, a cool city and a, obviously, you know, all the history there and they still have a chance to be a good team. And moving forward, uh, so it's good for him. But yeah, then Voight, man, poor Voight. They interviewed him, asking about you know his take on Soto coming and how excited he was and everything in the clubhouse. And then later on, he gets thrown into the deal. So that sucks. Uh, feel bad. Feel bad for Voight. Um, but Padres, uh, Padres fans got to be happy. You know, Preller. Two things about Preller, and then I'll, I'll send it on to you. Preller busts his ass straight up. I mean, that guy is all over the place. I don't think anybody goes to see um, players more than Preller. See high school, college, like amateur players, or even guys in the uh, the minor leagues that, that could be targeted. But especially the, the amateur stuff, man, I don't think anybody does as much as Preller and, and his close his close guys there. 
So finding finding new prospects, they'll do. I mean, they'll do it. You know, they'll 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 find guys. Even if these guys are going to be good players, they'll they'll find guys to replace them. And the second part is he's not afraid. He's you know they're going for it. Obviously, uh, Mr. Seidler, the owner there, is going for it too, as as they should, which is awesome. So I'm just excited to see how the rest of this season plays out. It's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I'll, I'll hit on a couple of things. I think the reason they had to include Josh Bell in this deal was because the Nationals really wanted that Susana kid, or I, I don't know how maybe I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but. Uh, that that 18 year old right handed pitcher who throws like 100 miles an hour and is like seven feet tall. I think they really liked him a lot. Mike Rizzo made sure to made, make a point of that. The Nationals general manager when he spoke to the media today. So it was unfortunate because I really wanted Josh Bell to be included in or to be like the centerpiece of his own deal because I mean he's a, a first baseman. I know he's kind of like a rental. He's a free agent at the end of the year, but yeah. it's a 300 hitting power hitting first baseman. So I don't. I don't see why he, you know, was lumped into a Soto deal. So I feel like Soto on his own could have got back all the prospects that came back today. So that was a little bit weird. Um, and you, uh, you mentioned Hosmer. I was really excited for about an hour when I saw that he was coming to D.C. Because I was like, we have a name. The Nationals right now don't have a name. No, there's no Strasburg. He's obviously going to be hurt. I, I, I think he might just retire. I have nothing to back that up. But I can't see him coming back from all these injuries. Patrick Corbin has been the worst statistical pitcher in baseball the last like three years. There's no household names in DC for us to kind of, as a fan base, wrap our arms around and, and love dearly. And that would have been Hosmer. And I would have won out. I would have won up to Fanatics and bought his jersey in a heartbeat. So I was robbed of that. Uh, hopefully Luke Voigt will fill that void for me. Uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, I think as a whole, I think the prospect package felt a little bit light, especially for everything I just mentioned, including Bell in there. Uh, Look, I, I looked at these prospects. I've looked at MLB Pipeline religiously today. I'm not, I'm not sold on it. But you know, I think given the circumstances, they did okay, not great. I give it a C. That's my draft. That's my draft. That's my grade for the Nationals. Give it a C. You gave up the best hitter since Ted Williams, and you got back. I don't know. They're, they seem cool. What, what's your snap grade for this? For the Padres, it's a, it's an A plus. For the Nationals. I'll give it a C plus because, I mean, it's a it's a good return. Honestly, it re, it's a good return, but it does it does matter. <laughs> it's not good enough. It, it was there was there was no way it was going to be good enough. So C plus. I think I think in the in the circumstances, probably about the best they could do. But like you said, there's yeah. doesn't matter. And they went out and they found Juan Soto when he was just a pudgy, like, 16, 17-year-old kid in the Dominican. Uh, and I think he was pitching at the time. But they're like, yeah, hey, let's put this guy in the outfield and see what happens. And they, they found magic in a bottle with him. Uh, so it's it sucks. Uh, you know, there's a part of me that hopes that they're going to be able to find the next Juan Soto, but I'm not entirely sure. So that is, that's kind of the Juan Soto trade. I looked up the lineup for MLB Network had a potential uh, Padres lineup, and I wanted to get your take on it. It's going to be uh, Tatis leading off, which I thought was interesting. He's at short, Soto and right batting second, Manny at third, uh, batting, or, yeah, at third, batting third, Josh Bell batting fourth, playing first, Jake Cronenworth uh, batting fifth, playing second base, Profar in left, Drew, Brandon Drury from the Reds, who we'll talk about, your DH, Nola and Alfaro at catcher, and then Trent Grisham. That's, that's your potential Padres lineup. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, what, what do you think about it? That's a great lineup. That's exactly how I would do it at the top there for sure. It'll be interesting to see, yeah, with uh, the jury, which we'll get to in a second. You know, they could always, um, if they want Bell to DH, they could slide Cronenworth to first base, uh, even though he's a phenomenal second baseman. But they could slide him to first and have Drury play second. I know Drury's played mostly third and second this year. Obviously, he's not going to be playing third. But he can on some days and let Manny take a break, which is which is nice too. Even though you obviously want Manny's glove out there, uh, but yeah, they could move Cronenworth to first, have Drury play second, DH Bell. Um, but man, it's a uh, that's a good lineup. That's a good lineup. Uh, Grish is is typically a a very good defensive center fielder. I know he's had a little bit of struggles at times this year, 
Um, but typically he's very good out there. So you have a good up the middle and Soto and Profar. Profar has been really swinging it lately too. So you have him and, and, and he's been playing pretty good left field. So you have him out there and man, that's uh, uh that's pretty deep. They're I, I, they're they're my pick in the NL now. I, they are biases aside. They they really are. I think uh, I think that I think that team gets to the World Series. Isn't Nomar Mazzara there and swinging it pretty good? Yeah, but now I don't think <laughs> you know the bench is going to look like. I, and this is uh, off the top of my head. I'm not you know they made another small trade. I, they traded uh, Brett Rooker, who was on the forty man for Cam Gallagher, who's a catcher from the the Royals. I don't know if Gallagher was still in the big leagues or if he was in AAA or if he's on the roster still. Um, so that's something. So I don't know if the Padres needed to clear a 40-man spot, and that's why they traded Rooker. Uh, but, you know, that bench is looking something like Mazzara, Will Myers, the yeah. odd cat, you know, wh- whoever's not catching that day. And uh, Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim's been having a better year too, and has been swinging it better lately. And I mean, he's a good defender, so they they have some versatility and some some guys. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it, it's looking like a deep team now, man. Absolutely, yeah. I, I completely forgot about Will Myers. That's yeah, that's a that's a big bat off the bench whenever they need it. Yeah, that's uh, and it, uh, dude, and then you get. I mean, Toddy hasn't played the entire year, bro. He's like. Arguably the best player in the major leagues. <laughs> so you add Soto to this team, and then you bring Tatis back. Like, I would love to be there for that first game when when Tatis comes back too, because I'm telling you that stadium, those fans. It's I mean it's going to be bonkers at that place for that game, and I mean they're going to keep coming out, but especially that game, and then whenever they play the Dodgers at home with that team, oh man. Crazy. Jealous of all Padres fans. And hey, I'm watching the Nationals though. They're beating up on the Mets tonight. So do, I don't think we needed Juan Soto at all. Might have been nope. holding the team back if you ask me. That's just my <laughs> two cents. Uh, I did want to touch a little bit more on the Hosmer trade. So obviously did not get included in, in the Nationals part of that deal, but they did sh- uh, ship him to Boston. They shipped him up to Boston. Uh, the Padres are paying 44 of his of the 46 million he's owed. So Boston's only on the hook for some comically low amount of money through the end of the 2025 season. Um, some lesser known prospects uh, even got they even sent some prospects with Hosmer to Boston. Uh, I that was kind of odd when I read that. But um, how do you think Hosmer fits in in the Red Sox lineup? And how does he fit in at Fenway? You know, the green monster, the short porch and right. Like, what what do you think? I think, first of all, I think he fits in great. They need a first baseman. He fills that hole. Uh, he's a good clubhouse presence, which, you know, everyone says, but it's it's the truth. Um, he'll reunite with, with Strom up there, so he already knows him. But, man, that's, you know, Devers, Bogart, Story, and Hosmer is in, a, in a healthy infield is, is pretty good right there. So, uh, you know, for him, I, th- I think he didn't want to go to a team that wasn't competing. And Boston, I know they traded Vasquez, but they're uh, – and then <laughs> also reunite with with Tommy Pham over there too, which was another interesting trade. But uh, it's, it's a good situation because even if they miss the playoffs this year, you know ne- next year they're going to be right back at it trying – trying to win so uh for him you know still competing this year but if not next year he knows we're we're right back at it uh so i think that's that's huge for him the the trade is weird because you know the whole time they're saying they want to get rid of his money now i guess that technically means i don't know exactly how the financials work but i guess it's off the books for the luxury tax purposes would be my guess because they're still paying the vast majority of his salary. So I guess it just has to be off the books. So they stay under that threshold. I'm not, I'm not positive because otherwise it doesn't really make any sense. And they attach prospects to it. I feel like they would attach prospects to it for them to pay his money, but they're not, but they're not paying his money. So 
Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of confusing, but obviously once the national, once the nationals thing came out and the uh, no trade cause stuff, like tough to come back from that, I guess. Um, especially since there's been rumors about this since last year. Yeah. So I think they, they just had to get something done and maybe that's what it was going to take. But overall I like it for Haas and I like it for the Red Sox. I like it too. First base has been a problem for them. I feel like, like you mentioned in Boston, um, but they do have a lot of guys. They would, they Tristan Casas, uh, doll is I feel like is still there. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's been playing third. Devers, Devers is hurt right now. So okay. Dahlbeck's been playing third, but you know, you got the DH spot there too. So, well, JD Martinez, but um, yeah, I, I, the other thing is you, I agree with what you're saying, but if they, if they went to get Hosmer like that, I guess you could platoon. You could you could you could start Dahlbeck there against righty. If everybody's if Devers is healthy, you could start Dahlbeck there against lefties and and Haas against righties if that's what you really wanted to do. But also, if you wanted, if you if you're feeling good about those other guys, you probably don't go and take Hosmer. So I don't know what those you know in the minors or AAA what what Cassis is doing or, or whatever, but. Um, you know, Hein Bloom is a is a is a raised guy, so he sees something. That's all. That's all I'll say. Absolutely, Sorry. yeah. So you know, congrats to Haas on, on getting into a winning situation up there in Boston. Uh, the next, we're gonna stick with the Padres. It's it's a lot of moves. Your your guy uh, Preller Palooza continued. The Padres acquired Brandon more. Drury uh, from the Cincinnati Reds. The very versatile Brandon Drury. You mentioned him, second base, third base, a little outfield mixed in. Um, in exchange, they got uh, the they Padres gave up their number eight prospect shortstop Victor Acosta. Uh, so twenty home runs for Brandon Drury this year. It's a career year. Uh, do you what do you think? I mean, that's a that's a killer move under the radar. I feel like. Yeah, this was a, a surprise one that I saw this morning. Um, Drury having a, a resurgent season for sure. A, a very very good season. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he fits in there. Like we like we were saying earlier, my guess would be either it depends if they want Bell at first base or if they want to, if they want to slide Cronenworth uh, over there or maybe even try to have Drury play first base. I don't know, but um, it's another bat. Like you said, he's having a great season. Um, the only thing that makes me kind of wary in this trade is, you know, last year. They traded for for, for Frage, Adam Frazier. And then they kind of bounced him around. You know, he didn't play some games. He wasn't starting some of the time. And, you know, Pittsburgh, he let off every day and played second base or whatever it was. And um, Drury's been starting every game in Cincinnati basically this year and, and is in that kind of comfort of that. So if he's not starting every day or whatever – what kind of effect will that have on on his uh, his numbers and and how he's hitting? That's that's the only thing I would assume they're going to put him in the lineup. Uh, but I, like we said, that that lineup is deep now. You know, you're talking about if Jury's hitting six, that's a twenty. You know, you already got a 20, 20 homer guy hitting in your six hole, so that's pretty good. Uh, I think he – I think – I don't know how many homers Soto has, but I, I think Drury will have the most homers on the on the Padres for sure. I don't think anybody else has 20 there. I think Manny has like 15 or something. So, it's a, it's a good trade. It's worth the shot for sure, and uh, I'm interested to see how, how they just set up the whole, the whole lineup. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I think, yeah, Soto, Soto has 21, actually. So, uh, but Soto's really? only batting, wow. yeah, yeah, Soto's only batting 246 this year, but is on base oh. 400. So that's, it's kind of the trade off there. Uh, I love hey. this move. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll go afterwards. No, no I was just going to say, uh, I, I love this move for the Padres. I think Brandon Drury is very, you know, kind of, he's kind of, I think he's like late 20s, early 30s. So, you know, kind of been waiting to have this breakout season to go to San Diego. I think it'll fit well. What What were you going to say? Yeah, he he's had a, a good season or two before. Uh, I think with the Blue Jays, and then it's just kind of, I don't know, fell off. I seen he he 
went back and did, you know, adjusted his swing and stuff and he's having this year. So good for him. But yeah, I think he's 29, but uh, yeah. Soto, that's hilarious. So hitting 246, which is fine, honestly, in today's game. But the, the on base, this is what people don't understand. 246 with a 400 on base percentage is fucking absurd. That is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's better than the guy who's hitting 290 with a 330 on base percentage, you fucking people. So what, look at that and not the average. And also his slug's probably ridiculous. 21 homers, yeah. He's hitting four. He's got 400 on base percentage. And he's got 21 homers, and everyone's like, oh, he's having a down year. God, bad year. Well, when you unbelievable. Look at last year. Last year he had three thirteen, so yeah. you know it's a little, it's a little, it's a little jarring when you see his average down that low. But the the homer, I would go there. I would bet that he's having worse luck this year than he did last year. That he's hitting the ball just about as hard, mm-hmm. and that his his BABIP batting average balls in play is probably down. But whatever, we all need to dive into that right now. It's all right. Well, uh, you mentioned the Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays, they pulled off a, a very confusing move, is, is how I would call this. They acquired Whit Merrifield from the Kansas City Royals today. Uh, they acquired Whit Merrifield and uh, the, the, number, the Blue Jays' number 16 prospect, Samad Taylor, uh, and 23-year-old right-handed pitcher Max Castillo for Whit Merrifield. I don't really understand this move at all because – for, well, first of all, Witt's unvaccinated, and to play in Canada, you have to be vaccinated. I think he did say that he would he would get vaccinated if he went to a contender, which we'll just we'll just leave that one alone. Uh, but that's good. That's an interesting component. So shout out Witt. Uh, but he's got, I don't know what they don't really have a spot for him. They have this guy Santiago Espinal is their all star second baseman. Bachet Chapman. So there's not really an infield spot for Witt. And in the outfield, they got Springer. They have all these guys. I guess Springer's hurt, so that maybe that could work out a little bit. But um, and then I guess when he comes back, he could DH. But I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I don't really know why Toronto did this. I feel like other teams, like the White Sox, probably could have used this guy a lot better. Um, and while well, Witt's having a down year last or this year compared to last year when he was an All Star, but I don't know, man. What do you think about Witt to the Jays? Uh, he can. He could really hit. I mean, I think he's been leading the league in hits for the past couple of years. This year's down a little bit, but yeah, it's a curious fit. But man, I, when I when you have the opportunity to add talent, man, it never hurts. So I'm sure they already see whatever you know that fit is. <clears throat> but he's he's versatile. Yeah, he can play infield. He can play outfield. So I guess if you want to give guys days off or certain matchups or you just want to move around. Um, it's a good ad. Yeah, maybe it'll help Springer DH a little bit because I do feel like he gets hurt. Fairly all in their in their outfit. I know Teoscar Hernandez is out there. I can't think of – I know um, they put Raymond Tapia is out there a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah, Gurriel Jr. So – I don't know. I don't off the top of my head. I don't know the exact fit, but Wit can really swing it. And at the end of the day, that's all. That's all that matters. And they're going to figure out how to use them because uh, you know the Jays are Jays are. You know, they're going for it too. They got to beat the Yankees somehow, and that's looking kind of hard at the moment. So you get good players on your team, it never hurts. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Get, get the talent and figure out a spot for him later. I guess that's – Witt's having a down year. He's, at, he's batting 240 and OPS plus 81 this year. So pretty tough for the guy who played all 162 and was an all-star last year. But uh, I'm, my snap grades for this, I'm going to give – I'm going to give Toronto uh, a C-. And I'm going to give Kansas City – I don't know who these other people are, but I'm going to give them a B. So – I'm going to uh, flip it. I'm going to go – I'm going to go Toronto – B plus because oh. Witt is a good player, and I'm gonna go Kansas City a C because, like you said, I don't even know who these guys are, and they just traded their one of their guys. Well, They've been, been like, rumored to get traded for what? 
uh, like he's he's a long time. I think he was drafted like 2010 by them, so he's been in their system forever. Long time. I feel like they've been talking about him getting traded for a long time, and finally they just at when his value was at the lowest, they finally do it and whatever. Yeah, I'm not a GM. <laughs> well, I just yeah, make snap I, grades. Yep, that's why I love snap grades. It force feed me. Uh, all these like instant reaction B plus whatever bleacher report. I'll read every single one of those. Uh, I have another fun one for you. This is your Philadelphia Phillies. They went out and acquired Noah Syndergaard uh, from the Angels. Mickey Moniak and Jody L. Sanchez are going back to LA in return. Mickey Moniak was the first overall pick in the 2016 draft and 47 career games at the big league level. He's batting 129. So less than stellar for Mickey. Uh, Syndergaard's having a pretty solid year, 15 starts, 80 innings, a 3.83 ERA. Uh, and now this Phillies rotation with him in it will have Nola, Wheeler, Kyle Gibson, Ranger Suarez, and of course, Noah Syndergaard. So uh, Thor coming to Philly, the city brotherly love. Uh, what do you think? I like it. Phillies always need pitching. <clears throat> um, and there's another, there's another side to this trade too. They actually made a, a, a second trade, I think it was separate from this, but the Angels sent Brandon Marsh to the Phillies too, who's an outfielder. So they they lose Moniac, but they get they get Marsh. They also DFA'd Adubel Herrera. Yep. Um so it looks like Marsh may be their guy in center field now. But um Moniac was having a phenomenal spring training after apparently making some swing train uh swing changes. And then in the exhibition game, right before the season started, got hit in the hand by a pitch and broke something in his hand. So that kind of threw off his uh, start to the year. So whatever he's hitting this year, <clears throat> take a little bit of a grain of salt. But Syndergaard, man, uh, as that rotation, the Phillies are good and they're missing Harper. But <laughs> sat on here and talked about how managers are take more of the heat than they, they deserve. And um, – since Rob Thompson took over after Girardi was fired, the Phillies have been like phenomenal. So um, what the fuck do I know? But uh, Phillies get Harper back, man. That's a, that's a scary team too. Um, that rotation's pretty legit top to bottom now. And as, uh, as long as the, the bullpen there holds up, they can do, they can do some damage. What do you think? I just, I forgot about this. They also brought back David Robertson from the Cubs. Who's having a oh, yeah. here. So, uh, yep. Philly is making a flurry of moves today. Um, I think, yeah, I think center guard's good, not great. I don't know where he'd slot in in that rotation, probably towards the back half, even though he's, you know, he's not traditional Thor, and I don't think the velocity is there anymore. But, you know, a sub four ERA for a guy like this, not bad. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's, that's a pretty solid move. But, yeah, I think the Phillies were not, you know, were not happy with their current situation, and they went out and made all these moves today. So, uh, does it, it remains to be seen whether they can catch the Braves and the Mets in the NL East. Uh, but you know, I, I'm maybe that wild card. I forget if they're even in. I feel like they have that one of those three wild card spots right now. Um, do a little thing on the fly. And yeah, the Phillies have the third. The they have the they have the third wild card slot. So yep, big uh, big things on the on the horizon maybe. So they're ahead of the Braves. Or no. The Mets? The Mets and the Braves, so it's Mets in first, and Braves are in second. Braves are three and a half back of the Mets, and then the Phillies are 10 out of first, but they have that third wild card. Oh, uh, so it's Padres, Braves, Phillies, or Braves, yeah. Padres, Braves, Phillies. Padres, Phillies, yeah. So, Got it. Um, yeah, pretty pretty interesting stuff there. I have another interesting one uh, is yeah. Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo got traded. The Yankees and the Dodgers uh, made a trade today. So the Yankees sent Joey Gallo to L.A., and then um, they got back – Clayton Beater, a double A pitcher who was the Dodgers' 15th best prospect, uh, but he's currently getting beat up in double A this year. But Joey Gallo batting 159 this season, 106 strikeouts in 82 games. So not great, but obviously he's still good defensively. He's probably going to take a corner outfield spot while Chris Taylor is hurt. But obviously when Taylor comes back, he'll move over to the bench. Um, I kind of like this for the Dodgers. That's a buy low. I think he can't possibly be as bad as he was in New York. Maybe the lights were a little too bright for Gallo. And who's to say he can't have a, a pretty good second half and be a valuable bench bat for the World Series run? I totally agree. Um, 
listen, Gallo is what he is. <clears throat> All his underlying statistics, uh, like hard hit percentage, things like that, are basically the same as his entire career. Uh, the average and power is down even a little bit more. But, you know, maybe, like you said, uh, the bright lights in New York got to him a little bit. Maybe that short porch in, in right field got to him a little too much and he was really just trying to yank balls over there. I mean, totally could be. And, you know, he, he went from being the guy in Texas that every day he knew he was in the lineup, nothing to worry about. Didn't matter. The fans, you know, everyone knew what he was. Um, then he goes to New York and it was like, I, I don't know. It's like fans expected him to be something different than what he was like, obviously that the average is down but you knew what you were getting or you, you should have known what you were getting you know big power good on pretty good on base and and just a good amount of strikeouts and, and not a great average but good defensively I just yeah I think he just needs to get away from New York and maybe LA is <laughs> maybe LA isn't the best place to get away from New York from but uh I think it's a definitely a better situation, and for the Dodgers, yeah, absolutely, it's costing you a kid in Double A for the to to try to fix him or, or you know calm him down and let him let him do his thing. I think it's uh I think it's a great move. It's not like the he's not Juan Soto, but it's not it's not like the Dodgers were dying for uh, for good players either. They got they got some of those, but I you know <clears throat> for his sake, and he's been very. I don't know if you've seen any of the articles. Uh, in the, like the athletic and stuff, but he's been very open and, and honest about his time in New York and how it hasn't, hasn't gone right. And, you know, if you think, if you, you know, if you don't think that he's upset with how it went in New York or that he, that it was probably miserable for him, you know, and you can't get away from it. It doesn't matter how much it, this is another like, thing that that fans don't totally understand it's like guys they think guys make all this money and it just doesn't doesn't matter to them if they're playing good or, or not you know of course the money is great and you don't have like real problems when you're making that kind of money but it, it doesn't take away from the suck of sucking like sucking is not fun no matter how much money you're making so yeah, I'm not saying feel bad for the guy, but I'm sure that it was it was not a good time for for Gallo either, and that he's he's done some some soul searching, and and hopefully he can turn it around. That's very kind of well said. I want the Padres to to win, but whatever. <laughs> that, that's very well said. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, batting that batting 159 with 106 strikeouts in New York, where every day you have fans on your ass about that kind of stuff. I mean, that's gotta suck. I mean, I can't imagine showing up to the ballpark every day and, and having the Bronx faithful just rip you a new asshole every single day you show up. So, uh, yeah, quite quite the change of scenery compared to Texas where things are a little bit more friendly. You know, I, I think back to one of those years, Gallo, I think had like 40 homers and like 90 RBIs or something. So just <laughs> it's one of my favorite years ever. It's like, how do you do that? That's that's hard to do. You'd think there'd be some guys on base. Um, but I have a potential Dodgers lineup for you. Uh, that okay. I wanted to read off. Betts, Freeman, Turner, Trey Turner, Will Smith, Justin Turner, Muncie, Bellinger, Gavin Lux, and Joey Gallo. Gallo's your nine-hole hitter, according to MLB Network's potential. Hey, dude, that's a really good lineup. Like you said, they're missing Chris Taylor. Um, and they could, you know, they could switch Gallo in and out. But to me, the key for the Dodgers is those, you know, the top three guys – you know we're gonna hit, and even Will Smith. Uh, if if they can get close to the old Muncie and Bellinger, I mean that lineup gets real scary. They're both struggling this year, and but obviously Bellinger was an MVP, and Muncie's had some really really good seasons. So if they can get any of that production back, man, that that lineup starts to become pretty scary too. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. One last, last thing. So actually, Gallo in 2018 had 40 homers and 92 RBIs. But in 2017, it was even funnier. He had 41 homers and 80 RBIs. <laughs> That's a combination of two things. Yeah, no one's on base, obviously. But also, 
they probably didn't pitch to him very much when anybody was on base. So he just stood there and, and took his walks. 41 and 80. It's my favorite. It's my favorite baseball thing ever. Uh, so shout out Joey Gallo, your, your newest LA Dodger. Uh, I have, so we're kind of going back in time a little bit. Yeah. The San Diego Padres again acquired uh, somebody impactful for this team. They, they acquired Josh Hader from the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh, they, they shipped out their own closer, Taylor Rogers, as well as Denelson Lamette and Robert Gasser and an outfield prospect, Estruri Ruiz. Uh, so this is funny because Hader was number one in the league in saves with 29, and then Rogers was number two in the league with, in saves with 28. So I don't think I've ever seen the top two guys get flip-flopped like that. Uh, Hader's an all-star again this year. He led baseball 29 saves, like I said, 4-2-4 ERA. But I think because of that, it was like he had a pair of really bad outings. But if you take those out, he had a 187 ERA and 33 and two-third innings. So, you know, kind of that's a weird thing with relief pitchers in ERA where it's like you go out and you get shelled twice and automatically your ERA is like three times what it was. Um, Rogers, like I said, second in baseball, 28 saves, 435 ERA. Uh, but he had like a .44 ERA through the first 20 and a third innings. And again, he got clobbered for an eight ERA in 21 innings since then. Um, to get probably the most dominant bullpen arm in baseball to add to the back end of a, of a bullpen, and we already talked about all the other moves they made. Good God, the, the Padres are scary. Yeah, this was the, the last one there. <clears throat> Hater is, yeah, probably the most dominant there is. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a crazy trade. You're right, because Taylor Rogers was the most dominant bullpen arm for the first 20 games of the season or whatever. He really was. And lately it has not gone well, you know, total opposite, but obviously he can pitch. So it is funny to see those two swapped. And then Lamette, probably a good uh, change of scenery for him. He struggled lately with some arm issues and stuff, but is also very, very good. I don't know Gasser, but Asturi Reeves, just uh, debuted earlier this year. I think he had like 60 stolen bases or something in the minor leagues before he came up, like something ridiculous, but uh, fast. Yep. Decent hitter. Um, so that's a, I mean, that's a pretty good return for the, for the old uh, Brewers there. And they have Taylor Williams, if who they can slide into that, that closer spot if they, uh, if they want. Um but man, Hater, I feel like the Padres have been trying to, to get Hater for two years now. So they finally get it done. Um, and you know, you, you get to the ninth inning with the league, you got a pretty good, pretty good chance throwing that guy on, on the mound there. I've faced him. Um, he's pretty good. So <laughs> it's uh it was it was spring training. Um I missed a one oh fastball ninety-seven down the middle. Um, and after that I was like, Well, fuck. That's that it. was that was the one, and he threw me a couple sliders after that. It was a good at bat, but he got me on a slider. I ended up on pitching ninja for the first time, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. Padres are are they're my they're my team, man. Biases aside, and they're also going to get Drew Pomeranz back, who's back end of the bullpen kind of guy. Uh, I think he just left on a minor league rehab, so. They add that that lefty to the pen too. They're uh I just I'm excited to see how it plays out. Snap grade A for the Padres. <laughs> B plus. Actually, I like this trade for both sides. I think I think both sides are getting something here. But I do I, it is kind of weird that the Brewers traded Hater, but I get I got an A for the Padres and a B plus for the Brewers. So I just want to make I just want to get this right. Josh Hader. Good, right? According to, Good. to yes, that's put that on a quote board. Um, <laughs> Josh Hader is good. Uh, I think the Brewers really felt comfortable making this deal because uh, Devin Williams is the name of Devin their, Williams. Uh, yeah, Taylor this Williams year. is my <laughs> guy I played with my buddy. Sorry, Devin Williams. I when I after I said that, I'm like, that didn't sound right in my head. It didn't feel but like yeah, Devin Williams. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, Taylor Williams, another another pitcher. I think he's with the Mariners now, he was with the Padres. Good dude. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Devin Williams has a one five nine ERA and he was an all star. So, uh, but yeah, cleaning that, cleaning up. Uh, what's his name? Esturi Ruiz. Sixty stolen yeah, bases uh, between Double A AA and Triple A this year. 
Um, guys, fast as hell. Denelson Lamette this year, 949 ERA. So, changes top, like top five in Cy Young in 2020. I mean, it look, Nelson's got some good stuff. He's just, uh, yeah, he had some arm troubles and got demoted. And it's, I think it's a good change of scenery. He, he has the potential and has done it to be a pretty dominant pitcher. I like it. Uh, I, I would second your grades. I'd say A's all around. I think, I think everybody wins. <laughs> Why everybody should win in these trades. If you're trading away these guys and also it's the one and two guys in seats. So it's like, you know, it's yeah. pretty even. I feel like, um, I have something, uh, that's not even, and this trade, it hurts. <laughs> it cuts deep. And I just wanted, we're going to get it all out in the open for you. So there's a three team trade involving the Orioles, the Rays and the Astros. The Orioles get Seth Johnson from the Rays. They get Chase McDermott from the Astros. The Rays get Jose Siri. And then the Astros pick up this guy, Jaden Murray, and also Trey Mancini. Uh, so Seth Johnson, we're going to give it a little background before I go into my little diatribe against the Orioles here. Seth Johnson was the 40th overall pick in 2019. He's about to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, but before that in the minors, he had a sub-3 ERA. It's going to be out till 2024. And then McDermott, the other guy the Orioles picked up, has a 5.5 ERA and high A ball. So, you know, I don't, I don't really know what they're going to get there. Mancini was the heart and soul of this Orioles team since 2016 when he came up as a rookie, and I think he had a homer in his first at-bat. I want to say off of Eduardo Rodriguez of the Red Sox, another Orioles legend. Uh, but this guy, I mean, what, what can you say about him that hasn't already been said? Beat cancer, comeback player of the year, home run derby runner-up. He was the face of some god-awful Orioles teams that would lose 110-plus. And the, he was the only guy you could feel comfortable owning a jersey of his because you're like, we got we got Trey, we we got we got Trey Mancini still here, for the organization to deal him, being only two and a half games out of a wild card, and they're above 500 for the first time since God knows when, it, it's a joke. I, there was no reason to trade him, and then it, there was especially no reason to trade him for what they got back, a guy that's going to be out for the next like year and a half, two years, and a guy who's getting shelled in a ball, like. That's a slap in the face to all the Orioles fans that have put up with all this losing for the past five years or whatever it's been. Um, and, and for the organization to put out this cold statement from Mike Elias that's like, well, you know, we, we projected the probability that we would get a wild card and we didn't like our chances of maybe getting a wild card. And we, this Seth Johnson projects as a mid-rotation starter in 2032. like, Or he didn't actually put that in there, but, you know. Pretty much. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get after Tommy John surgery. It sucks. I, I don't I, – there's no rationalizing this. Nobody could to tweet me anything that could rationalize trading Trey Mancini. Um, and then Elias is like, well, you never know. We could bring him back. We'll have to wait till the offseason. I hope he doesn't come back. I, I, he's, he's too good for us, Trey Mancini is. He's too good for us. So uh, that was my little rant. I'm still not happy about it. That one cut deep. Uh, and you know, there's not, I don't understand how somebody making $10 million had to be sold, you know, for, for guys that we won't see for five years. So I, I don't know. I'm going to let you f- jump in here while I try to cool down. This is your guy. I'm not going to try to make you feel better. This sucks. Uh, I feel bad for the Orioles fans. You said, you said it well, they're not far out of the wild card. Do I think they're going to get a wild card? No, I do not. But Definitely doesn't send a great message. Um, I don't know the guys they got back. Uh, they must think very highly of at least one of those guys. And, but it's not Trey Mancini. Um, Trey, I've played against Trey for, he went to Notre Dame. So I played against him since freshman year of college. And just always remember thinking, this guy looks so awkward in the box, but then every time he swings, it's an absolute missile somewhere. Like I would play him on the track in center field, literally. And I played him in summer ball too. Like I played against him a ton in college and it's the same thing. Man. I'm like, this guy, he looks, his swing was like way more awkward back then, but he just, every ball was absolutely smoked and he's turned into a, obviously a great big leaguer. Um, Wish him nothing but the best. That's a yeah. It's a crazy situation. You you said it all. Um, interesting to me, Jose Siri to the Rays. I uh, played with Siri with the Reds. I'm interested to see how that works out uh, and how that fit is. Super talented guy. 
kind of broke in finally last year and, and put up some decent numbers. He struggled more this year, but uh, I feel like he's a guy who could flourish with the Rays and it could be really good or it could go not so good. So I'm interested to see how that happens. But, man, he can play some center field and, and he's got some juice too. But uh, just kind of a – Random, weird trade all around, if I'm being honest. I was pretty surprised when this one kind of came it came down. Just just a slap in the face to all the Orioles fans <laughs> who had hope. It was like, oh my God, could they be in the postseason for the first time since 2016 when they got beat in the wild card game? A team that nobody remotely thought would be good and whose World Series odds were like 10 million to one. Like, is this their year that they shock the world and then the Orioles just took their white glove off with all five fingers out and they just smacked the fans across the face? With it and said, no, you're going to continue to be bad for five more years and you're going to like it, goddammit. So that's oh what the Orioles God. did today is they, they gave us a cold white glove slap to the face and they said, have fun with these prospects that are getting Tommy John surgery. Are you kidding me? Tom, we, the only guy, only guy of substance that we got back is having Tommy John surgery. So, I, all right, that's again, I I'm getting all red in the face about it, trying to work through some, trying to work through some things. Uh, but I am deeply upset with the Orioles this this week. So, uh, that is that is the Trey Mancini trade. Uh, other news: uh, Austin Riley, Atlanta Braves. Uh, you know, talk about a franchise that that does right by their homegrown guys. Uh, they <laughs> they've signed their star third baseman to a ten year, two hundred twelve million dollar contract. He'll make fifteen next season, twenty one in twenty twenty four, and then twenty two million annually through twenty thirty two. Guys, just twenty five years old, twenty nine home runs and one hundred and one games this year. First in the NL in slugging. People forget that uh, six oh three slugging percentage this year. Uh, Brian, what does this deal signify for the Braves? And how much credit can you take for this, given the advice you gave him way back in Double A ball? Yeah, I think he owes me at least ten million, but we'll talk about that later. Um, listen, what a great hitter he's turned into, man! Uh, I mean, World Series champion. He just flat out rakes. I mean, he did forever. I swear, the first time we played against him in Double A, he went like twelve for thirteen with hits and homers, line to line. I'm like, we can't get this guy out. And uh, he's he's been phenomenal, really has. Um, they have they now have him, Albie's Acuna, all locked up, and Olson all locked up for years. Um, they got the kid Harris in center field now. He just made you know it just came up this year, so they have him for six more years. The Braves are are building a, a pretty a pretty good uh, position player crew there that that is going to be around for for a while. So they're they're scary. I'm happy for him, man. He's a good dude. Uh, he he honestly deserves it. Uh, he's he's just been a, a rock for them lately. Um, only 25, like you said, leading the league or leading the NL slugging. Um, and I think the craziest thing about this is. I think I think those guys that I said like they have them all locked up for like sixty four million dollars a year. That's insane. Because uh, you know, Acuna and Alves took a little bit of a, a lighter deal, and I mean, good for the Braves. It's gonna make, it's gonna give them the opportunity to to get some other really good players. Um, but it goes to show those guys love it there, and and yeah, Atlanta takes care of their their homegrown guys. And, they listen. They're I, after last year. I feel like they could just make another run, and I would. I would be like, yeah, I'm not surprised. That's just a first class organization. It really is. Like you know, you think of like some organizations around the league that just like top to bottom are just built solidly. I think of the Cardinals as one of those that are like year in year out. Like everything about them is solid. I think Atlanta is up there now. They like you said, they lock all their homegrown guys up to these kind of team-friendly deals for 10-plus years, it always feels like. Um, you know, they go out and they win a World Series. And last year at the trade deadline, they just acquired a brand-new outfield. So, uh, you know, kind of like how you said that A.J. Preller always is trying and always is trying to put forth an effort to make the team better every single day. 
I feel like the Atlanta Braves are doing that. So uh, shout out to them. If you're a Braves fan, it's a pretty good time right now uh, to to be down there in the ATL. So, um, I mean, are, are they not one of the best, like, like solidly core built teams you feel like? I th- yeah, I feel like now, man, that's a, those four guys right there. That's a great start. I'm sure I'm missing guys, pitchers and things like that, but those, those dudes can swing it. And it's just from the outside. Yeah. It seems like they, they got, they got a lot of things going right. Um, it's funny. You mentioned the Cardinals. One thing we didn't talk about real fast was they oh, traded yeah. Harrison, Harrison Bader to the Yankees, which was a pretty interesting trade there. Yankees getting a center fielder and Yankees sending back Jordan Montgomery to the Cardinals. who's a pretty good pitcher. So Interesting one there. I know they were in on Soto for a while, but obviously that didn't happen. Who's the other one we missed? Oh, Tyler Malley to the uh, to the Twins. Interesting one. Um, and then your your Orioles sent another guy to the Twins too, uh, Lopez. Jorge, Lo- Jorge Lopez. Jorge yep. Lopez. But, a guy that uh, was making absolutely no money and was like arbitration eligible for the next like three or four years uh, sent to the Twins. So uh, that one I'm not, you know, as beat yeah. up about. But um, yeah, kind of, it's a great wrap up of some of the under under the radar kind of lesser known trades there. The Yankees one is yeah, the, interesting though. Yeah, that when I saw that, I was like, I don't know. It just seemed, uh, I it was just surprised. I don't know. I felt like they they like Bader in center field there, but I, I guess they have Carlson who could play there, and the Cardinals have some young guys who played pretty well this year. So I guess they can shuffle that that outfield around. But the Yankees get a center fielder who's also from New York originally. So good for him. Uh, but yeah, man, just what a, excuse me, it started last night. And yeah, when I woke up this morning and I was like scrolling through trade rumors going, Oh my goodness, this is like nonstop. There's just more, more and more every time I go down. So what a day that was fun. Um, man. And now we get to see how the rest of the season plays out. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so we have two last things for you guys. Uh, we have our fudging awesome moment of the week, uh, and then we'll end with our Joe Musgrove performance of the week. Uh, but for the, our fudging awesome moment of the week, who is it brought to us by? It's brought to us by the original Fudge Kitchen. You can find them at fudgekitchens with an S.com. Shipping sweet treats all over the country. God, I, I, their Instagram page kills me. I, I got to stop looking because. That fudge, I don't think it makes it to Japan, but it will make it to Gulf Breeze, Florida when I get home. Our Jersey Shore and Philly listeners, they have locations in Cape May, North Wildwood, Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. Go check them out if you're down there. It's the original Fudge Kitchen. And if you're anywhere else in the United States, our Padres fans, if you want to celebrate the Soto trade with some fudge, you can go to fudgekitchenswithans.com and get it shipped right to your door. So our fudging awesome moment of the week this week. So on July 28th, that was last Thursday, and his last at-bat in Camden Yards, and I think that was his last at-bat as an Oriole too, uh, Trey Mancini hit an inside-the-park home run off of our good friend and podcast guest, Josh Lowe's face. We won't really mention that too much. Uh, but, you know, just a standing ovation, you know, got a curtain call for Trey for everything that he's done for the Orioles. But, um, yeah, inside-the-park home run. Again, we won't mention that came off uh, what happened with the ball and how we got the the inside the park home run. That doesn't really matter. You know, uh, what a what a way to get sent off for for Trey. Um, really happy for him, and uh, that's all that's all I'm gonna say about that play. I think that's very diplomatic of us. So, uh, congrats to Trey. Uh, for getting your standing ovation and an inside the park home run for a guy that doesn't really, it's not really known for wheels. Um, Trey Mancini. So uh, that was, that was pretty fun. I'm sorry, Josh. I'm sorry. Shout out Taylor Williams. Yep. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, All right. Last but not least this week, uh, we have the Joe Musgrove inaugural guest performance of the week. And this goes out to none other than Joe Musgrove himself. Joe Musgrove has finalized a five-year, $100 million extension with the Padres. It pays an even $20 million in salaries each year between 2023 and 27. Full no-trade clause for the next four seasons and limited no-trade protection for 2027, which is hilarious. Like, if you're going to do four years full no-trade, why not just make it five? Uh, but I don't think anybody's really paying attention to that. Java Joe's staying in his hometown. How excited were you when you saw that? 
so happy for him, man. Uh, that's the dream, right? He, uh, <clears throat> you know, when he was on here, he talked about it. He got to play in, in Houston and then in Pittsburgh. So he kind of played in other places and he got to come back home. And now he's probably going to get to finish his career or close to it at home. Uh, he's got a house out there now. So he's, I mean, he's got his family there, man. I, I it's amazing, but it's just a perfect marriage, right? Uh, he's obviously pitched extremely well. He's earned this contract, but more than that, I mean, he's just embraced San Diego, obviously his hometown, but they've embraced him. It's just been such a perfect fit really the entire time he threw the first no hitter in franchise history last year. Uh, I mean, it's, it couldn't be more perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they worked it out and I'm, it would have been weird to see him go anywhere else after what he's done for the Padres and, and just how great it's been. So, man, so happy for Joe, happy for his family. Um, Padres, now they, they they got some guys locked down for a little bit too, you know, Manny, Joe, and and, and Toddy, and we'll see who else. But, man, just just happy for Joe. That is uh, that is the dream right there. No doubt. All right, as we kind of wrap up here on what has probably been one of the wildest trade deadlines in recent memory, um, you know, let's let's do a couple final thoughts. What what has really stuck out with you? Any winners and losers that you want to declare? Uh, so we can clip that and get some views. What what do you think? I, it's I mean, Padres are the winners to me. That's uh, all the things they did getting Soto. That's a generational player. I think that makes a huge difference. And he's already won a World Series, so he's been there. He knows what it's about. I think he fits right in. Um, he's got he's got Toddy and, and Manny there, and it's I, – I can't wait to see that lineup out there. I really can't. Can't wait to watch them play against the Dodgers. <clears throat> um, loser. I'm trying to think of losers. You know that – I got one. Go ahead. What do you got on losers? Chicago Cubs. What are you doing? What do you do in Chicago Cubs? Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ like hugged each other. There was probably tears involved. They're like, all right, sayonara. We're leaving. You know, the Cubs are, are one of the worst teams at baseball. And then they don't trade either of them. What I mean, like, I don't think the, the Cubs and Contreras have had contract talks since 2018. I think that's what they said on MLB Network today. There's no indication that they're going to bring him back. But I don't know if their asking price was too high or what for either of those guys. But what do you do in Chicago Cubs? Thank you for saying that, because before we started this, <clears throat> I wanted to, to mention that. Man, I can't believe they didn't trade those guys. It, it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that they were shipped out of there. And, yeah, I, Hap is still under control. So, I, Hap is, isn't as weird as, uh, as Contreras, but Contreras, I don't know. Do they – I feel like you got to try to extend them now, right? He's just going to walk for nothing? <laughs> yeah, that would be an epic failure if he just decided to go into free agency uh, and, you know, didn't even attempt to offer him an extension now. The only thing I could think of was, like, that they're – the only partner they were really lining up with would be San Diego. And because of all the guys getting sent to Washington, like, it didn't – the Soto and Bell – Trade did like ended up not matching up with the like the Cubs for Contreras or Hat whatever if they wanted Contreras so maybe maybe that that's what happened but yeah man that's uh that was the one I when I was looking when I, when I woke up this morning I'm like did they, they happen Contreras where where they go like yeah, yeah exactly uh, so thank you for saying that yes very interesting Giants also hung on to Jock Peterson and uh, Rondone. Didn't deal either of those. They did trade Darren Ruff, though. Oh, yeah. Darren Ruff, that sneaky, sneaky trade there. Darren Ruff can uh, really hits lefties well. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think, uh, well, you assume Rodon's going to opt out after this year because he hit whatever innings threshold it was for him to have the opt out. Um, Peterson, one year deal. I don't know. Maybe they, uh, maybe they go back. The, the Giants aren't, I don't know. I feel like the Giants never end up like selling. They didn't. They didn't trade Bumgarner when he was uh, it was the end of his deal and um, some things like that. So, but who knows? Yeah. So 
it, dude, this was just nuts. Like, I can't, I still can't believe some of this. Thing. Like, all the stuff that happened, dude. I, it's, it's crazy. It really is. It was, it was a lot of fun to, even though it didn't help me sleep. It was a lot of fun to just see all the, all the, all the things that are going on. I love the battle between the writers on Twitter too. How it's just like firing tweets off, and then I'll see like three in a row that are basically the same exact sentences. And it's, but it's just like it cracks me up. I love it. Who's your who's your go to writer for the, for stuff like Ooh. this? I thought I thought Rosenthal was a little slow on the draw today. I thought all that his Twitter was underwhelming. Um, I there were some under the radar guys like John Heyman was coming in hot. I feel like passing was solid. Um, Mark yeah. Fine Fine Sand. I want to say yeah, yeah. I I think I feel like passing is like if he says it, it's basically happening. Although I think he said Scherzer was going to the Padres last year, and that obviously didn't happen. But um, yeah, there's uh. <laughs> I remember there's there's one it was like uh I think it was John Morosi is I think MLB network and it was uh Nightingale and it was like dude it was like Nightingale random tweet Morosi and it was like talking about Hosmer and the the no trade clause and Nightingale said that there was no ongoing negotiations between the Padres and, and Hosmer for the, the, like the no trade to waive the no trade clause. And then Morosi's, which was, you know, 12 seconds apart said like negotiations are ongoing between the Padres <laughs> and Hosmer for the, the no trade clause. Yeah. And then like, because I, and then I forget who it was, but there was just somebody involved with San Diego, like screenshotted it on his Twitter and like put it up there and was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like just the total opposites saying so, man, just pure chaos. Love it. I think if I had to pick one of those guys to, to go to war with and, and believe everything they said as gospel, it probably would be passing, I guess. I feel like he's pretty much on top of it. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that with that statement. Yeah. Jet, old jet. Jet passing. But all right, man. Well, hey, same time uh, next year, trade deadline. So, uh, you know, who, who are the Nationals going to trade next? That's, hey, you know what? The Nationals can finally build around their long-term plan of Nelson Cruz. So that, there you go. that's one positive to come out of this. Uh, you know, DH of the future, Nelson Cruz. So that's, that's Nelson Cruz. That's what we're really staying for the first time, man. What a 10 yep. year deal income. What a good time. Yep. Yep. Hey, good work. 25th episode down crazy trade deadline, trade deadline. It's uh, here's 25 more. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Playing on your radio, coming through your stereo, and everybody's getting down. You can't seem to let it go, running like a video, you're haunted by the weight of So